please welcome to another episode of High and Wide Radio, episode 12, season 5. My name is Jay Mike and I'm joined by the one and only Jack Smith and the one and only Travis Ballinghoff. We'll be joined by no guests today. Old notes. I'm going to have to delete that since we're just recording. Uh, if you're not listening live, which you're not, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, or YouTube. Give us a subscription there. Uh, let's also shout out our affiliate site, uh, fullpresscoverage.com. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net, where you can now find the Pot Street Bully podcast and the Time I Skates podcast. Um, yeah, before we get rocking and rolling today, I think some congratulations are in order for the uh, Nasty Knuckles podcast on their 100th episode. Uh, Trav, congratulations to you guys. You had a, a big episode recently. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we had uh, Mr. Media himself, Paul Biz Nasty Bissonette on. Uh, really good interview. A lot of fun. Um, we actually had a lot of trouble uploading. Um, I think I talked to you about that. For some reason, it did not want to go through over on Apple. I think it finally went through yesterday afternoon. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Keep it rolling. Yeah, that's good stuff. And you, you put together a nice uh, uh, 100th episode montage. If you guys haven't seen that, make sure you head over to – is that on Is that on your YouTube or is it on the Nasty Knuckles? Uh, Nasty Knuckles. Yeah, make sure you head over there and, and check that out. You did a great job with that. I know Thank it probably you. took a, a, a lot of time, so go, go check that out for Trap, guys. Um, yeah, and then there's positive stuff on, on the Flyers side here as well. A, a lot to get to. Um, Four-game win streak, season-high four-game win streak. Uh, Kevin Hayes – uh, obviously was just elected to the all-star game. So we want to talk about that. Uh, Morgan Frost, ever since John Tortorella called him a toilet seat has been up or down. However, whatever's good, uh, but he's been more consistent. Uh, TK, uh, still putting up the points. Tony D'Angelo playing well, a uh, lot, a lot of positives to get to. And of course, Chuck Fletcher is still the GM of the Flyers, so we'll discuss uh, some positives and, and negatives from Chuck Fletcher there. Uh, but first, guys, let's talk about Kevin Hayes because um, even though he may not have been um, the, let's say, most deserving Flyer, and that's not it, that even sounds negative to say that because you know points wise, he's having a, a great year. The guy has been through a, a ton of stuff throughout the last year or so. Uh, of course, with his brother passing away just before last season. Uh, and then having a, a few surgeries, had a, had a tough year last year um, as far as injuries and, uh, go and whatnot. So to say that he's not as deserving sounds negative. He, good for him for, for getting the vote to go uh, and getting to enjoy that experience. He was also, uh, I, I believe, quoted as saying his brother wanted him to make the All-Star game one year. So that's a feel-good story. It's a, it's a good thing that he made it. Uh, Jack, what do you think about Kevin Hayes making the All-Star game? Yeah, I mean, initial reaction was kind of shocking. Uh, I get it all now after all that came out. And it's fine. It's an all-star game. It's nothing. It's not like it means a whole lot. You know, we all had all said that most likely TK was a deserving participant. And uh, going by the goals assist, uh, shorthanded goals, power play goals, he's like on every single list. So, uh, but I get it. Hayes, they wanted it. But, I mean, good for them. It's essentially what it boils down to. Yeah, uh, Trav. I mean, <clears throat> are you kind of in the same the same boat there? What are your thoughts on on Hazy making the the All Star game? And uh, yeah, uh, like you guys said, good for him. He's having a good statistical season, best of his career so far. Um, I actually do enjoy the All Star game and the skills competition. 
and Travis Konechny being my favorite player. I'm a little bit bummed that he didn't get in. Um, I think we talked about it maybe a month ago, like whether it should be TK or Carter Hart, and then TK's kind of pulled away a little bit, but it ended up being neither of them. Hollywood gets in. Um, but good for him. He deserves it. Yeah, for sure. And then obviously there's the – so, all right. So, Trav, you, you like the All-Star game. Um, Jack, did you say that you, that you liked it or you didn't really care about it as much? You don't care about the weekend kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I try. It doesn't yeah. do a whole lot for me. They change a lot of stuff and whatnot. And sk- certain competitions and the skills competition are interesting. But, like, it's just become more and more of a, a show. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's funny. Don't get me wrong. But, you know. When I was a little kid, I used to love like watching Leclerc try to beat the hardest slap shot against mm-hmm. like Al McKinnis. Like, like that was cool. Now it's you know it's more of a show. More. Of a so time. I wonder if if that plays a little bit into it. Like the Flyers haven't had, I mean Giroux, of course, but they haven't had a legitimate like exciting All Star play. I mean, so this is completely wrong because Giroux was a lot of fun to watch during the All Star games. I was going to say the Flyers haven't had an exciting player to watch in the All Star game, but Giroux's he's good with that kind of stuff. I um. Kind of like what Jack said, like I used to like it way more when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but I think last year was actually my favorite all-star game. Just kind of going into it, we all kind of knew this was probably G's last all-star game as a flyer. He was the captain and ended up winning MVP. So I last year was probably my favorite one. Yeah, so there you go. And uh, we know what year they started making uh, every team has to have a representative. I'm not not off the top of my head. Mm-mm. A lot of sports do that, and I got to be honest with you, I can't stand that. I hate yeah, that. Yeah. Really, it would take it take away bit. from it so much. Especially like in baseball, there were them years where like the Phillies had no one deserving, but they would be like, "I ah, just throw this guy in there." Like, right? Well, even the Phillies just traded for that closer, and like, oh, all star, and all the detractors are like, oh, it's because Detroit had to send somebody. Yeah, you know? yep. And I, I kind of like that is kind of stupid. <laughs> like, you should go because you deserved it. Yep, so. completely agree. Sorry, I'm just uh, Googling uh, another Flyers phenom player here. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. <clears throat> I remember uh, when I was younger, I was a lot more into the All-Star game, uh, you know, hardest uh, shot competition. I, I, will, I always kind of liked when they did East versus West. You know, I, just plain and simple, let's see what conferences stars are better, the Eastern Conference or Western Conference. Um, I kind of like what they do now. Is it three-on-three? The uh, the, and they do the um, division still. Is that still how it is? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that, that's cool. But it's just uh, it's not something I'm going to pencil into my schedule to watch. If I happen to come across it on a Saturday night, the skills competition, maybe I'll watch a little bit. Um, and, and I'll look to see who, who made the All-Star game. But I think um, – and, and apparently they picked this weeks and weeks in advance. But Kevin Hayes making the team – over Travis Konechny, who is still blossoming into a star this year, I think is a little lame. Um, Could know, have been Hayes two-time All-Star Travis Konechny. Should have been. It really should have been. Like Hayes is, you know, points-wise. I mean, we all watch the games. Like points-wise, he's having a pretty, he's having a great year, especially by his standards. But his play leaves a little bit to 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 be desired, you know. So um, if you wanted an all-around uh, All-Star player, I think Travis Konechny should have been that guy. But that's okay. You know, good for Kevin Hayes. It's, you know, he deserves to feel good after everything he's, he's gone through in the last year and a half or so. So congratulations to Kevin Hayes. I don't mean to sound like we're, we're poo-pooing on that because it's a, it's, a, it's a good accomplishment. So congratulations. 
Um, while we're on Kevin Hayes, I'll just toss out some of his stats right here. 10 goals, 25 assists through 38 games for 35 points. Um, he does have three power play goals and 12 power plays, uh, power play assists. And he's averaging 18 minutes plus of ice time, the most in his career since, uh, 2018-19 when he was with the New York Rangers. So he's getting some production and he's on pace for, I think I saw 76 points. Mm -hmm. Um, so while we're on Hayes, there was a tweet, I think earlier in the week. I want to, I want to kind of hear what you guys think about this. So, uh, there wasn't exactly a trade scenario, but the suggestion was to trade Kevin Hayes to the Colorado Avalanche, who, you know, are supposedly in for Bo Horvat, like pretty, pretty heavily. Um, so the idea was to retain half of Kevin Hayes's salary for the next, or, or his cap it, retain half of his cap it for the next. Three seasons after this one, which would be $3.5 million. <clears throat> we know that John Twitter, we've talked about this before. It's essentially the same thing as buying him out, but it's worse because you're only on the hook for 4.5 or 4.6, whatever it was, if you buy Hayes out for two years. If you take on half of his cap for the remainder of his contract, you're on the hook for 3.5 for the duration of his contract, which I believe is three, three more years after this one. I want to know what you guys think, Jack. I'll ask you first. Would you be okay if the Flyers traded Kevin Hayes and retained $3.5 million uh, for each year uh, for the remainder of his contract? Do you, well, if I we're mean, doing this trade, we're obviously getting something back that's worth a damn, right? You would assume, but Col Here's the thing, though. If it's Colorado, you're not getting a first because they don't have a first this year, and I believe they don't have a first next year. So what are you getting back? Yeah, I don't know. It's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it just it's like you said. It's like with the buyout, and I don't think Colorado wants to give up anything significant because they don't have for Kevin Hayes, mind you. Uh, they you know they have they're going to have cap issues. So taking on even at half price for what was it, two or three more years from Hayes. Uh, they don't have a whole lot to deal with because they've been trading picks and whatnot. They want the cup to make sense. Um, I just, it just doesn't, I don't know where this came from. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know what we could get back to make having that cap hit for two to three years or whatever he's got left make any sense. It's just, I don't even know where this came from. It, even from Colorado's perspective, like there's so many more players available on one year rentals that, you know, would cost, you would think cost me less and, just roll with them and whatnot and figure it out from there and not be on the hook from a player that might not work. He might come over and not work. Remember Hayes was traded to Winnipeg for a playoff run and that he was not good at all. So if a guy doesn't gel with your, your team and you're on the hook for two, three more years, even if it's cheaper, that could be an issue, especially when you have to pay guys on your team, young guys coming up and whatnot. Yeah, I, for sure. And I'm looking at cap friendly right now and hopefully one of you guys can correct me. This is saying Colorado has a first and a second round pick, but I click on Colorado's first round pick in 2023 and it takes me to the Chicago Blackhawks, Tampa Bay lightning trade. Oh, it was a conditional pick. Apparently. Can anybody help me out with this? Maybe the listeners, if you guys are listening, I'm trying to find the trade. Cause I, I was under the impression that Colorado traded their 2023 first round pick um, for Ben Sherratt. And then they traded their 2024 pick, or maybe I'm thinking of 
Florida here. I'm thinking of Florida. Yeah, Sherrod was Florida. Florida. Yeah, it was Florida. But I'm, I thought they did it from – no, Manson was only a 2023 second. Hmm. So I'm, yeah, I could Drew be just straight up wrong. So, okay. Uh, looking at the trades from last year. Yeah, no, it looks like they have their 2023 first. Okay. Yeah, I think maybe I got them confused with Florida. <laughs> so let me pose it to you this way then, Jack. If Colorado included their 2023-1 in a deal, and I don't know if they would need more or less, but if the 2023-1 was included in a deal for Kevin Hayes where the Flyers had to retain half of his salary cap for the remainder of his contract, 3.5 just as a refresher, a big chunk, would you consider a deal with Colorado? Absolutely. I'd consider it at that point. I don't think our team is in position to do anything within the next couple of years and getting a, a top. I know that Colorado is going to be towards the end of the draft, but this draft is supposed to be ridiculous. So having a 2023 pick is in the first round is very good. I want to know exactly how many years Hayes has left after this. Three. Three, three after, after this, this one. one. He's around until 2025, 2026. Okay. I mean, it's a tougher pill to swallow, but if there's any fire to the smoke that is the issues with Hayes, um, you know, not giving a crap and not gelling with uh, Tortorella much. I know the points are there, but come on, the guy keeps getting scratched for a reason. Um, if there's something there with that and he's going to just drag the locker room down and the message that Tortorella wants to get across to this team, uh, it would be a win-win. You get a top pick, which is definitely something significant and a very good draft. And uh, you get rid of a guy who's not going to fit your system and should just shouldn't be here. Um, it would sting eating the money, but again, I don't see us doing a whole lot in these next couple of years. I don't think we're in a situation unless you get Bedard, uh, and then in which case that's a good problem to have. Who cares? Um, that we're, they're turning anything around in the short term. I, I don't see it. Yeah, some of the young guys have been playing well lately. We can get into that in a bit, but uh, it's going to be a lot more than that. We're going to need to see a lot more consistency. There's a lot more going on with this team. So uh, it, I would only consider it if something significant like that were to come along. And we all know it's not. <laughs> so, okay. So not that that changes my mind all that much about retaining 3.5. Because I'll be honest, uh, I, I like – I think – I said it last year too, and it's kind of backfired. But I like the bones on this team. I think they can do something with the defense. I think all of a sudden the Flyers have goalies out the wazoo. Carter Hart, Sam Urson, uh, Felix Sandstrom obviously is uh, on conditioning assignment. Um, you know, if they can figure out the forwards, if they can figure out some guys heading into next year, tip it on pace for almost 30 goals. Travis Konechny, um you know, Joel Farabee's picking up his game. Morgan Frost. There he we're is. We're going to talk to. I mean, we're, nah, I wish we're going to talk to. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there are, there are names starting to pop up who you can say, okay, we're going to bring these guys into next year. If we can figure out the forward group a little bit more, maybe get a little bit more stability down the middle, maybe we can put something, something together here. And if you can move a guy off the roster like Kevin Hayes, um, yeah, um, so I think next year, I guess what I'm getting at is they, if they can find a way to compete and still get a couple darts in, to throw in next year's draft, because, because yeah, I mean, we know it's, it's uh, going to be a pretty good and deep draft. We know Colorado is beat up right now. So if you make the trade for their 2023 first-round pick, there's a chance that it could be 
uh, you know, a, a, a bottom, a bottom 20 pick, let's say from, from one to 20, it's not going to be one, but maybe from 10 to 20, cause they could go either way. I feel like the way they're playing, they could make the playoffs and potentially go on a run or they could continue the way they are and, you know, get knocked out first round or, or just miss. So it could be a, a decent dart to throw. Um, Trav, I'm, I'm going to pose you the same, uh, sort of question here. Would you be okay retaining 3.5 million for Kevin Hayes if it meant getting a dart in the 2023 draft or, or were you kind of still on the same, you know, if you're going to retain 3.5, I mean, that's for the duration of Tortorella's contract here. Do you trust that if Chuck Fletcher is somehow, please God, no, the GM at this point that yeah. maybe he can broker a deal with Arizona to, you know, maybe move off the 3.5 cap that the flyers are going to have to keep there. I mean, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, my initial thought was heck no. Until you said the first rounder, if you could, if you could pull that off and get a first rounder for this year, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, okay, so you're retaining 3.5. So the avalanche are getting Kevin Hayes at a 3.5 mil cap. It like, that's really good. Yeah. And then we have 3.5 in dead cap to replace him. Well, we're not replacing someone like say what you want about Kevin Hayes. He's on pace for 76 points. We're not getting a guy like that for the 3.5 mil that we're saving. No. Um, but kind of like what Jack said as well, I'm not sure if we're going to be competing in the next two to three years anyway. So if you can get a first round pick in this stack draft, I'm all for it. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to um, does Kevin Hayes want to be here? Um, Go ahead, Trav. I just look at it like it, it's very obvious him and Torts are not on the same page. Um, like we started off the show with, uh, we had Paul Bissonette on Nasty Knuckles this week. Uh, Biz is very close with Hazy, and he said that um, they don't even they didn't even talk when he got benched in the San Jose game and when he got scratched against the Rangers. Like they didn't even like talk about okay, why am I scratched? Like what am I doing wrong here? Like there's obvious tension there, and I wonder if Kevin Hayes asks for a trade, which would be kind of funny just because of his contract. And it's like, well, you you Kevin Hayes probably has negative value unless you were to eat money. So, like, it, it would be kind of funny if he asked for a trade, kind of entitled a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's how I mean, his be, contract is. Yeah. It's like, well, you signed the contract, so we don't have to trade you. But do you really want a guy who doesn't want to be here in the locker room? So, right. it, it boils down to a lot of different stuff. But to answer your question, if we can get a first round pick for Kevin Hayes, I would be willing to eat 50%. That's how bad. Kevin Hayes' contract is. And at the time, we all knew it was bad, but we were like, oh, man, Flyers have a center. You know, like we didn't like it, but we also didn't really necessarily hate it because it was like, all right, this is the start for Chuck Fletcher. He got his guy. Now, I actually, I don't want to cut you off, but I actually remember the night we signed Kevin Hayes. I was at Top Golf and I was pissed. <laughs> it ruined my <laughs> night. And then I ended up warming up to it. It's like, all right enough with this rebuild crap because remember Hextall tried to rebuild all them years, whatever. But it's like, all right, we're trying to win now. Like yeah. this is a win now move. And then I kind of talked myself into it, but well, we all had to, 
Because I don't think anybody, there wasn't a person in in the Philadelphia area that was like, yes, I love this move. Really want Kevin <laughs> Hayes, not one, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you mentioned Kevin Hayes' contract. I mean, he could he possibly has negative value right now. Like, yeah. he made the All Star game. He's on pace for seventy six points. I don't think he's ever scored over fifty in his career. He's in a non. He's doing this in a non contract year, which I think should mean something. Uh, made the All Star team. Uh, second on the team in points. He's versatile. He can play center. He can also play off on the wing. He can play, you know, he can play up on the top line if you need him to. I'm not saying he belongs there. Or he can play down on the third line where he currently is on the, you know, the lowly flyers. So if you're a team that's trading for him, it's like, yeah, well, I'll take Kevin Hayes, but I'm not going to take him at 7.1, uh, $4 million. You know, you're going to have to cut a little fat off of that. Um, so yeah, that contract is is not good, and he's thirty years old. I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but that makes it a little worse. There, he's going to be thirty three or thirty four when he's done uh, that contract. And so, I'm going to ask you guys because I made a poll about this uh, a week or two ago. Worse, worse contract signing, and uh, ironically, it was the first player, first big contract signed for each of the last two GMs the Flyers have had. Worse GM signing, Jack. I'll pose this one to you first. James Van Riemsdyk for. Sorry, I should have had his contract up here. I think it was five years. Yeah, five uh, times seven. Okay. Uh, JBR, five years uh, by seven million, or Kevin Hayes, my God, uh, seven years by 7.14. Jack, whose was worse? I think it's close, but I'm going to go with JVR. You typically don't pay wingers over $7 million unless they can really play. Like we look at. Vorchek, you know, obviously eight and a half. That's a lot of money. Uh, you looked at all the wingers. We did this before all the wingers making over $7 million. And some of the names were like studs. And then at the bottom were like a couple of flyers. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. You just, I like JVR and I know they had to pay him seven a year. Cause he only signed a five-year deal. However, it's a lot of money for a winger and yeah, he, he's such a streaky scorer and where Hayes, you could really use in all facets of the game, at least when he first came here. Uh, he was doing a lot on the penalty kill, killing a lot of time. He's a big body, has good reach, obviously plays on the power play. He's a center. Like, I just, I get it, seven over seven, essentially, versus, you know, but it comes down to position and total skill set. So unless JVR was more consistent, which he's not, uh, it's close, but I'm going to, I would rather have the Hayes. Now, this is not in a, Obviously, our current situation with the Flyers muddles this a bit because JVR is about to, you know, be gone. But um, just looking at it face value, I'd rather have the center at seven who does who can play in any facet of the game, except for maybe overtime. But it's not like I'm putting JVR <laughs> there either. So I think solid points there, Chad. What do you think? I lean the other way, but I agree with most of what Jack said. Um, I remember being really excited when they signed JVR and especially because we got him at five years, seven mil rather than maybe seven years, six mil or something. I think he took a little bit of a discount. Like, could you imagine if we had JVR for like two and a half more seasons, how crazy that would be. Hmm. But like Jack said, you don't really want to pay a, a winger seven mil, especially one who's just kind of like, doesn't drive play like he scores like in front of the net like he doesn't he's he's very one-dimensional like so i I, I completely agree with what he says 
which is like how he was billed perennial 30 goal scorer. He's done it twice, you know, and last year was a contract year. So I think he scored 36 playing with Matthews and Tavares. Like, come on. Like, you know, it's like, I'm not on the power play a lot. And I hated the trade when they traded him away. Don't get me wrong. It was nice to have him back. But I think a lot of us were like, Oh my God, we're finally signing players where the yeah. rebuild is turning the corner. And I think that made people love it a lot more. Plus he was a, a homegrown flyer at one point. So, but when I look at the contracts and I'm just like, it, it really comes down to, you got to be careful who you're dishing out money to. And uh, maybe one winger could be making a lot of money, but we had already had yeah. move G to wing, you know, Voracek was making eight and a half or whatnot. And, you know, now you got this other guy at seven and it's like, if I'm going to really, and again, completely one dimensional, you brought him in to improve your power play. You brought him in to score goals, which he's very streaky at. Um, and he didn't do a whole lot else. You know, or Hayes, when he first came here, he did a little bit of everything. And he was a center. And we needed a center. I'm convinced. Because I was going to say Hayes. I think when I voted on my own poll, I did vote for Hayes. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of recency bias there. Because, you know, obviously Hayes is going to be here for another three years. And I'm like, God damn it. Uh, JVR is on his way out. But uh, you're right, Jack. I mean, they already had at the time... Giroux and Borchek making, uh, I think it was over seven million as well. Eight and a half at least. Eight, why did they need? Why did they need yeah. another winger at seven million? Why did they need that? You know, yeah, I think uh, a lot they, of it was the power play, and it's like, okay, I get that you go outside to bring somebody in who can score, but like you have issues if you have two guys making that kind of money, that you know you're not getting it done with what you have, and, and maybe they saw the end of uh, Simmons, and they're like, we got to replace that production, hmm. and they went with something they knew, um, and it's all good and dandy but you can see the it, you know it, well, it didn't take long before we were like counting the years for jvr to be gone no, I mean, it, it was after you know i mean COVID had a lot to do with that as well but you know it was uh I, the man will score 30 goals and score in like 15 games that's it 15 games out of an 82 year and i'll have 25 30 goals i think a lot of it comes down to at that point in time um we had Nolan Patrick, who it was coming into his second season. And if you remember, he finished his rookie season really good. He had like 20 points in like 25 games. Like it looked like he was finally coming into his own. He started his rookie year slow, but we finally had cap space for like the first time in Textall's tenure. And I think he tried getting Panarin in a trade, but then he like didn't want to go all in. So like JVR was his backup plan. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Maybe he yeah. found out that Panera was wanted to go to New York all along because I had heard that. And I'm, I'm the I'm from the elk where the Flyers used to get everybody and anybody who was good. So going into an offseason with all the money in the world. Yeah, you're up against New York. But like we weren't even talking Panarin or Duchesne. It was just like, OK, we're yep. on haste. Now, I understand that from a they just hired a V who he had played under. And it was kind of like at the time being sold as like, okay, well, we, we hired this coach. We're going to give him a, a present. You know, we need a center. He's familiar with the guy. Maybe he can get his message across kind of like uh, Cam Atkinson and Tortorella kind of deal. Um, obviously, Atkinson came first there. So but my point is they did it more for the system they had, the coach they had. Um, I think that's why I kind of agree with how you guys felt about it when they traded for him before they even signed him. And then when they did sign him and it was over $7 million, it was like, oh. You know, it's like ugh, only a million more, not even you got to Shane, you know, and so think of that what you will. But I understand why they did what they did at the time. 
I even do for JVR, but JVR seemed more, and Hextall said it, it fit into his plan. That's why it was only five years, whatever that was. We'll never know. Um, but yeah, it was, it's just too much money for a guy that you already are stacked at. Well, I shouldn't say stacked. Financially, you're stacked at wing. And when I, when I just look at the positional needs and what each player brings to the table, and you have to put recency bias aside, I'm, I would rather have the, the Hayes contract. The one thing that Hextall did well, and very, very few of them, but one thing that he did well was he never gave out no trades, no moves. And it seems like Fletcher just gives them out like it's oh, candy. Yeah. Well, Hextall would resign players, and we'd be like, Hextall just screwed over like a Torrier. Like, I'm like, four point, like, what right. was one? I was like, for like four years or something. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, he would resign players and get some deals. Yeah, and like, even. Like it didn't end up working out in the end, but like when Ghost signed that deal, it's like holy crap, we just got Ghost for four five four point five. Like that's going to be a steal, and it wasn't. But that was the thought process at the time. I never it there been was a never a, a re-signing he made that made me like scratch my head. Now, however, going out and getting Dale Weiss for four years, that <laughs> yeah, scratch my head. Also made the JVR signing look so much better because like our biggest free agent signing at the time was Dale Weiss. So <laughs> I will definitely take that. He was also very good at getting rid of dead contracts too. I'll give him, I'll give Hex all that. He got rid of some money, that's for sure. And in one year of uh, Fletcher, and it was all that, it was all gone. Yep. Just like that. Okay, so let's move on a little bit. Uh, all great points there. Uh, on those two guys. Um, let's talk about something a little positive here. We, we have a lot of positive things to get to, which is always fun. Uh, Travis Konechny, who we mentioned as an All-Star Game snub. Uh, you guys, I just want to get this out of the way real quick because Tortorella was asked about the All-Star Game, and I think you know, he had Travis Konechny on his mind when answering this question, but uh, quote was, doesn't give a shit about the All-Star Game, doesn't give a shit about the entire weekend. Uh, and I think a lot of people feel that way because when I saw the quote, I was like, yes. Me too. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, people want to make something more of it. And they went back and tied in the whole Kevin Hayes quote and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but Travis Konechny, uh, in two games so far in, in 2023, the new year, January, uh, Konechny has two goals, three assists, five points, and it's a plus three. Uh, Flyers are on a four-game win streak. Travis Konechny has a lot to do with that. They're in the four-game win streak, has five goals, uh, three assists, for, for eight points in four games. I mean, the the guys I'm looking at his uh, last month of games here, he's only he's scored in every single game but two. The 2-1 loss in overtime uh, at Vegas and the 6-3 loss to the Rangers. Other than that, he has scored in every single game going back to December 1st. Not, not scored a goal, obviously, but recorded a point. Um, 21 points in that span, 13 goals and eight assists. He's on fire. Uh, I know we talked about the last uh, show or two. Is he is he uh, burgeoning into a star? You guys know how I feel about Konechny already. Just watching him play is a lot of fun. And I think when you have a guy playing like this who en enjoys the game and you can tell he's having fun playing the game, even though the Flyers, are, you know, they're not – recently they're playing well, but they're not a good team. That kind of stuff is contagious a little bit, and it gets other guys, you know, it, it makes – the game fun for other players and uh he's turning into the to a guy that's making players on his line play better and they're scoring points all of a sudden the scott lawton's uh the joel farabies the morgan frost i mean all the young guys are starting to score points and sure we can attribute it to, to tortorella of course 
But I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should give Travis Konechny a little bit of credit for these guys. Uh, Trav, uh, since uh, Konechny sort of your boy here, I'll ask you about Konechny first. Go ahead. Um, kind of like that last point you made, even Noah Cates is starting to put up some points. He's been pretty well defensively for most of the season, but there was really no offense there. But even he's starting to get some points going now. Um, if you go and look at his scoring log for like the entire season, I think the biggest drought he's in without a point, a point is two games. He's yeah. been so consistent since opening night. It's insane. Um, I think he's on pace for 47 goals, which would be the most from a flyer since Jeff Carter, 46 in 2008, nine. So maybe we finally have a sniper. <laughs> hopefully so so uh there was a, an account on twitter that reposted projections and i don't know where he got these from or if he made them himself um but through 33 games played connect has 20 goals 20 assists for 40 points uh his projected 82 game pace and he's not going to play 82 games because he missed a bunch would be 50 goals 99 points okay i mean but he's, but you're right in your projections there Trav, because he's not going to play 82 because he missed time. So right, yep. probably 45, 46 is uh, more more like his projection. But that's how good of a season he's having right now. I mean, he's four goals away from his career high <laughs> in goals, from tying his career high in goals through 33 games. And in each of the three seasons he did it, it took him 81 games, 82, 66. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, I think that season was cut short or he would have scored more. But four goals away. I mean, he's having an amazing year. I, a, go ahead. My bad. I didn't want to cut you off. I've said this since like 2018. I think the dude has one of the best wrist shots in the league. He's just always been a pass first kind of guy. And sometimes he would shoot from like low danger areas just to, you know, the, the safe play. Like he's attacking this year. And it's not really a surprise to me that he's scoring so much because I've always thought that he could be like a 35 40 goal scorer i think his wrist shot's insane um it's good to see all right so jack so i think we briefly talked about i mean obviously the comparisons for connectney the marchand uh, in the last however long since connectney's been in the league i feel like they've compared him to marchand in some capacity do you think we could potentially be seeing connectney actually blossom into uh, a Brad Marchand skill wise. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the stats are there. The numbers are there. Everything's projected for. He's got to do it obviously and continue to do it, but we've seen flashes. I think COVID it did it to a lot of players, but I think COVID really stunted his growth in a way, not to mention the constant moving and shaking in the front office and the head coaching and all that. That's not going to help anybody. But I remember when they, he signed his deal, and we've talked about this before. Like There was people who were like, wow, overpay. And I'm like, he's going to grow into this contract, and it could potentially be a steal. I think that's exactly what I said. And you know, you usually give a guy a little bit more you know, when you, they come off the rookie deal. And that very first year, he was great. It was the, right before COVID hit. He was fantastic. And then we went through our a lot of bumps and bruises, and now he's finally settling back in. There's no baby on the way. COVID's like not really an issue anymore. It's more stabilized, you know, way of playing. No bubble, any of that crap. And he's, you know, and he's in a bad situation team wise, uh, just talent overall. But if you're a superstar, it's not you're still going to get your points. And he's. 
very talented. He's showing it. It's why he was a first round pick and he's opportunistic. I even think that Fletcher who or Fletcher uh, Tortorella, who's, you know, very structured, but as he's even said, as he's gone through different teams and gotten older, he doesn't really keep players in a box like he used to. And I think that freedom has helped connect me a lot because he has to play that way. He has to take chances and he's, he's growing. He's getting smarter at when to do that. And like you guys have said, he's, he, you know, his shot, he's very talented already to begin with, and he's doing a lot with very little. And that's impressive. And that's what superstars do. I love it. So here's a, a little fact for you guys. I, I think is interesting. So Brad Marchand, it took him seven seasons yep. to, to break 30 goals. When he scored 37, he was kind of putting up connecting numbers uh, before then. But his seventh season, 37 goals, 24 assists, 61 points. And then from there on, he was an 80-point player, you know, plus 35 goals every year, yada, yada. If you go ahead and look at Travis Konechny's stats, he's in his seventh season. And it looks like it's going to be an official breakout season, knock on wood, barring injury. But he's got 40 points, 33 games, 20 goals. He's on. He's going to – if he continues at this pace, he's going to shatter 30 goals. And, and you know, maybe he's, maybe he's got a shot at 40. Um, but it's just interesting, the comparison. Trav, it sounds like you, you had already seen that. Yeah, when you mentioned Marshawn, I, that was actually the point I was going to make. Marshawn was always a solid player, but, like, it took him a while to, like, break out and become the superstar that he is today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it was when you go back to their cup win in, like, 2011, it's like a second, third-line player. You know, he's good. He definitely was, like, that lower uh, depth piece that, like, helped them get through some games, score some goals, but, like, the, that team – like I remember, you know, they were. It was obviously Bergeron, Krejci. It was even before Pasta. Like they had, they had traded for Yager one year at the deadline, and you know, they were a good team for other reasons: goaltending, defense. And it seemed like when guys started to retire or get moved or go elsewhere, people step up. It's exactly what Marchand did. Well, that's exactly what Konechny seems to be doing. As everybody's injured, Drew's gone. Uh, Vorchek's obviously gone. You know. He stepped into the open spotlight and thrived. And that's when you, you know, you, you came a long way. You've done what you had to do. You've learned, you've grown, and now there's opportunity and he's taking the opportunity and running with it. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, there's some other guys now that are, I mean, he's got a shooting percentage of 19.2 real quick for Tika. Let me go back and just check something here. Cause I'm pretty sure that's a little bit more than um, yeah. So Last year was the complete opposite. He couldn't score a goal to save his life. 7.3 uh, shot percentage, 16 goals in 79 games. I, you could, I mean, Trav, so you made a good point with that because we've heard um, he's just taking bad shots. You know, he's taking shots from outside, uh, you know, the circles, yada, yada. You know, they're not really – they're not scary shots. This year it's a little different. He's driving the net. He's all around. He's net from presence. I'm watching a replay where, you know, there's a wrap around here or, you know, he's driving the net and scores off a rebound kind of thing. Um, totally different player this year, at least from my perspective. He's been revitalized, and it's 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 good to see. You know, they, they're counting on a guy like him to score goals, and, and, you know, he's doing that and more. He's taking on a leadership role. So it's uh, it's. Ex- in a year where we weren't expecting to see many things to be excited about, Travis Konechny is giving us something to be excited excited about. So it's, it's, it feels good. Uh, let's move on here because we are just about 40 minutes in. Uh, there's a lot of good things to get to. One that <laughs> I've, I'm a little excited to get to because during this whole 
scoring streak for Morgan Frost. I've been tongue-in-cheek. However, I have to ask the question now. Is Morgan Frost for real, Jack? Is he officially breaking out? Are we? Can we now count on Morgan Frost for points? Uh, you can do that. I'm not. I, I, love how he, <laughs> I love how he's played. I can't. I will not complain. I hope he continues, but I need a much bigger sample size. You know, and hopefully against some better teams too. I mean, LA was good. Don't get me wrong, but still, like, it, like there was they didn't play a whole lot of good teams out there. But you still want to see this. He can't. He can't pick who he plays. So you know, start here and make something of it. You know, so I guess calling him a toilet seat was the best medicine he needed. <laughs> Who saw that one coming? But um, yeah, I'm not counting on him yet, but he's trending in the right direction, which is all you could ask for. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's positive. I don't think anything about that was negative. I think you just need to see more, which is perfectly fine. Because, Cautious optimism. That's all. right. I think that's fine. I mean, you, we don't want to be hurt any more than we already are watching this Flyers team. So why would you put your hope in him already? Makes sense. Trav, same question to you. Are we seeing Morgan Frost break out here? Are you kind of cautious uh, like Jack there? Yeah, I'm cautious as well. I want to see it for a longer stretch of time, and I want to see it against better teams. Like Jack said, he dominated lower-end teams. That's what he should do, and that's what he did. So uh, it's definitely not a knock on him. He got the job done. Um, if the Coyotes are for sale, I think he should be part of that ownership group. I mean, two four-point performances <laughs> against them this year? He should look into that. They got to be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, maybe they, maybe they should trade for him. Shit. <laughs> right. He likes um, playing in that barn. Yeah, a goal and seven assists against the Coyotes in, in two games. And since his, four point, his first four-point night, he has 13 points in 11 games. Uh, one, two, three, four goals. I'm sorry, five goals. And I guess that would make eight assists uh, in that span. Eight of those assists uh, actually – seven of those eight assists all coming against the Coyotes. So it's it's interesting to me because it's not just assist that we're seeing from Frost. I mean, he scored five goals in his last 11 games. Uh, I don't think he scored five goals uh, in, in all of his games combined before that stretch. I'm, I'm looking to hear five goals in 55 games last year and two goals in 2019-2020. Five goals in his last 11 games, seven goals the last three years before that. I think we're starting to see I think we're starting to see him turn a corner. Right? And I, I agree with you guys. I think we should be a little cautious um, because who knows? Uh, the competition hasn't been great as you if you guys mentioned, they played Arizona twice. I'm looking at Columbus, I'm looking at San Jose, Anaheim, Arizona again. Um, he, he potted a couple though. He's scored one in a losing effort against the Rangers, scored another in a losing effort against uh, Toronto, who they play at seven o'clock tonight. I'm not going to hype up Morgan Frost. I don't feel the same way about Frost as, as I do Konechny, but I'm going to, we're going to take the production, you know, keep doing it because this is what we've been waiting for. It seems like forever now, right? Um, it's nice to see. 14 points in the 16 games since John Tortorella called him a toilet seat. And, uh, you know, the, the meaning behind that quote was Frost is inconsistent. He's up and down like a toilet seat, whatever. I don't know where he got that from. I never heard that before in my life. But the meaning was he's inconsistent. And so ever since then, Frost has been somewhat consistent. I think in the, the five games after that, he had one assist. And in, in five games, they played some tough competition there and. Tampa Bay, New Jersey, Colorado, Washington, and, and Vegas. 
But after that, went on a tear, 13 points in 11 games. So I, I guess none of us are officially buying into Morgan Frost right now, but we like what we're seeing pretty much is what I'm getting out of this, right? Yep. All right, fair enough. So uh, who else do we have to hype up? Is there anyone else to hype up here? My, my favorite right now who I'm really enjoying watching is Owen Tippett. Yes. And it's so funny because earlier we talked about him and I was like, I don't know, man. I And he is just – I mean this time last year – well, not this time, excuse me. His whole season last year between Florida and Philly, he uh, played a total of 63 games, had 10 goals, 11 assists for 21 points. He has 21 points now in 34 games. He's already surpassed his career high in goals of 12. And three more assists, he'll pass his career high in assists. And he's just a guy that, like, all the all the positive attention and goes towards Frost. And I totally understand that. It's fine. And Tip is just doing his thing. And it's I love it. 12 goals, nine assists. I want to see this guy score. Um, it's I'm very, very happy with Tip. Every time he scores, I get a little excited. I'm definitely on that train. Where before, I was like, ah. You know, now it's like, you need to get something from the Giroud trade like that, thank God. Thank God. And I know it's early, but it's exactly what I want to see. I'm almost, I'm more, probably a little bit more excited for Owen Tippett than Frost at this point. Um, but um, that might be because, you know, we talked about Frost for so long, so poorly. So I guess that I'm a little whatever. But um, yeah, I like goal scorers, and Tippett seems to be off to a hell of a start here in Philly. And he's scoring pretty goals, too. Like goal scorers' goals. He's Which, in the right spot. He can shoot. And that was his thing. Like, he, he just he couldn't finish while well, he's finishing. And if that's the missing piece, then damn. That, that's what kind of – that's what gets my attention because you have players like uh, JVR who will score, like, the boring goal. Obviously, he's, you know, known for deflections and, and stuff like that, but it's like, oh, JVR scored again. But when, guy, when, when a guy scores goals the way Tippett is scoring some of these goals, he's getting your attention. It's like, whoa. Tip it like dangles around a you know a guy and then rips a puck into the top corner kind of thing like goalie's got no shot at saving it's like all right there's something there like if they can just get that a little bit more often we're gonna have a player on our hands right um, yeah Trav your thoughts on on Tipper I remember we sat next to each other last season in the press box for his first game and I want to say it was against the Rangers I could be wrong on that but. He hit – it might have been the Islanders, one of the two. Um, he was. ended up hitting two posts, and, like, we're like, holy crap, this guy shots, like, as advertised. Like, it can beat a goalie, but it's like, man, we're really sitting here getting excited about a guy who hit the post twice. Like, is that how bad things have gotten in Philly? But the guy's a way better skater than I thought he was. Like, he can dance out there. Um I've always liked him since I ever first started uh, watching him. I think he's a talented player. Maybe he wasn't playing in the right role in Florida. And I think they kind of screwed themselves with that one, but I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yeah. I don't know if he got the opportunity in Florida. Yeah. It's such a good team, you know, and they're always bringing in like veterans, like better veterans to play their second and third lines and whatnot. Yep. I just, maybe he just got lost in the shuffle um, and here with plenty of opportunity and not much, um, expectations for the team as a whole just kind of settled into his own and just i like when a guy who's drafted for a specific reason him being a shot 
you start to see his shot. It's not like we, he's, you know, a power forward who just happens to be scoring pretty goals. So this is what he's supposed to do. And if he's doing it at the NHL level, starting to get a little more consistent with it. And like you said, his skating's better than we thought it was. I think his hockey sense is better than I thought it was. He always yep. seems to be where he's supposed to be. And um, now that he's finishing, it's like this, this, this is for having a bad season. This is the kind of stuff we wanted to see. So this is the most positive I think I've been all season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, four game win streak, guys. We were hoping to step up our, our scoring points. And here's the best thing about each of these guys so far. Aside from Kevin Hayes, every player that we've talked about and Konechny, Frost, and uh, Owen Tippett are under 25 years old. Konechny's 25. Tippett's 23. Frost, I believe, is 23. Um, it's This is relevant because over the offseason – Chuck Fletcher had said he wants to gather more 25 and under players, right? And didn't necessarily do that. I mean, he did by getting Owen Tippett, but he's getting production from 25 and under players. Morgan Frost, uh, Joel Farabee's even putting the puck in the net a little bit. Travis Konechny has stepped up in a massive way. And now Owen Tippett, he's on pace for 29 goals this season. Um, We'll see if he gets it. 51-point pace, 21 points so far in just 34 games. Can you imagine him hitting 50 points? I mean, Horton with 30 goals is really impressive. I just don't think that's going to happen. But 20 points isn't that crazy. Or 50 points isn't that crazy. (laughs) And uh, he's got 21 already. Uh, Because that's that's, that's like before this year, Kevin Hayes numbers. (laughs) (laughs) So that's – I just think that would be insane. Like – I still am not happy with how the trade went down, but if you accidentally get something good out of it, then I'll take it. Like I'm yeah. not going to sit here and poo-poo the guy because I didn't like the trade. Owen Tip has been great, and I'm really enjoying watching him. I, I almost want to go, if I didn't hate EA so much, go get the new NHL just so I can play with these young kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess more positives for Chuck Fletcher is that he ended up getting Owen Tippett out of this deal, whether he was forced to take him or not. Gets Tippett. It looks like, I don't know if we want to credit the Flyers with any of this. It looks like they're either it's the new opportunity or they're helping turning him to a better player. They're doing something with Tippett. They have something there. Uh, and then Fletcher also signs him to the two-year deal. He didn't just sign him to the one-year, because I was giving him shit for signing Tippett to the two-year deal. What has he done? that's deserved a two-year deal, and why didn't Morgan Frost get the same one? Well, now it's looking pretty good because he's signed for 1.5 for next year as well. You know, you don't have to make a decision. He's going to have a breakout – See if he's on pace for a breakout season this year, which he is, uh, for his standards, you don't have to worry about re-signing him and giving him a raise. So another positive for Chuck Fletcher. Um, And I'm kind of transitioning here a little bit, uh, but – you know, I think our last show we were talking about, and Trav, you had mentioned that if there was going to be a time to can Fletcher, it could have been after the World Juniors finished because Danny Briere was up there watching games and whatnot. And it would have made sense, okay, if things are still going wrong, it might be a good time to make a change. Now the Flyers are on a four-game win streak, and they look pretty good. Even in their two previous losses against Carolina and Toronto, they looked pretty good, even though I think they were down 6-2 to two or something against Carolina, but they ended up scoring three or four goals in the third, and they made a game out of it. They they looked good in losing 6-5. Uh, 
Then they go on the four-game win streak. Morgan Frost seems like he's breaking out of, in some way. Travis, all the guys we mentioned playing very well. Sam Ersan even comes up. We didn't talk about him at all. Sweeps California. How do you fire the GM after you sweep California? You're on a four-game heater. You have all this stuff going right. The defenseman that you traded for in the offseason that, season that we were all giving him shit about uh, is currently on a, a pretty good uh, point streak here in his last six games has three goals and seven assists as a defenseman. I, don't get me wrong here. I'm playing devil's advocate because obviously I want Fletcher gone. But how do you can him anytime soon while all this good stuff is is going on, Trav? Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. I remember talking to one of my buddies. It's like they sweep the California trip for the first time in franchise history. Teams on a four-game losing streak. Like Chuck Fletcher should have been fired a long time ago, but I don't think they fire him right now. It just doesn't make a ton of sense, even though I think as a fan base, we all kind of know it should happen. Um, I don't think they'd do it after a four-game winning streak. So, uh, I don't know, maybe another losing streak, especially because, like you said, a lot of these young guys that he acquired are starting to trend upwards. Um, I don't know. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, yep, it's like pretty much. It's great because it's like, okay, we're seeing improvement with the team. On the other hand, it's like, well, that means their draft stock is, you know, not going to be as good. <laughs> and they have more reason to keep this, you know, the GM around. Right, Jack? Have no fear. This is not going <laughs> to last. This is not going to last. And think about it. Of all the young players we named, the only one that I can think of that Fletcher acquired was Owen Tippett. Everybody else was a, a Hextall draft pick. You know, Wade Allison, Noah Cates, um, Urson, like every all the goalies, like everybody, everybody. So I'm not, I'm not being silly enough to think that you know, even Fletcher didn't even hire the coach for God's sake. You know, like it, he's just there. So don't don't let it trick you. <laughs> he didn't do as much good as you can make it out to be. It just, if anything, this prolongs the why haven't they fired him yet? As long as they don't let him have his hands on the wheel, keep him around as long as you want. You let Danny Breer get as, as much uh, seasoning as possible before you hand over the keys, you know? So it, it's, it doesn't affect any way I feel about anything. Honestly, I, I'm looking at individual players. I'm I, Fletcher's done as far as I'm concerned and nothing could change that. Oh, Stanley cup win. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay? That's it. Like, there's no way. Cause I, I know if, if they do it, it's despite him. Like, let's be real here. Like this, come on. <laughs> we just backed up. I, I hope you're right. I hope he's out of here soon, but I'm, just, I'll just believe it when I see it. Date, I promise. They played. I love what they've been doing, but the only good team they beat recently was the Kings. Like Those other three teams are all beneath us in the standings. You know, so let's be real. They're about to play Toronto, and I think they got Washington twice. I think they're going to see Buffalo, who's more middle of the pack, but still better than us. Tage Thompson's probably going to at least have one hat trick. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, and then there's more, and then ours, we're going to start playing our division again more often. We're going to remember how good they are. Uh, the Devils are really getting ridiculous. Carolina's ridiculous. The Rangers probably usually have had our number for a while. I'm sure Pittsburgh will have our number for a while. Like, it's going to come around again. I just as long as we look competitive, that's good. But that's the team. That's the that's the coach and the players. It's not the GM for me. Like he's locked us into so many contracts that I'm just. It's like, yeah, go ahead trade Hayes for a 2023 third because or second first rather. Excuse me, and we'll eat half the money because we ain't doing nothing for a while because we were locked into some bad contracts that we can't do a whole lot about. See, I agree with everything you just said, 
but I'm not sure if Comcast sees it that way. So, like, part? why is he still here? Let Let's be honest. Why is he still here? Like, Comcast has to think something of him. So Jim and I were kind of discussing that before, like a couple, I guess a few months ago. I think he's a good lightning rod. You don't want to put in a GM like Danny Breer, who's never done it before. Um, if there's going to be a bad season. So it's like we talked, if Danny Breer were to take over, well, he's not going to make a big trade at the deadline. You know, he's going to evaluate the team, much like when Fletcher took over from Hextall. It was around late December, I believe, early December, right around there. And uh, all he did was evaluate the team. Well, you don't need to be the GM to evaluate the team. So let him take his hits at the top. Don't let him do anything at the trade deadline because you know he's going to botch that. And then you can throw Owen Tippett in my face if you like, but let's, <laughs> you want to break that down? Yeah, that was the only trade he had. Um, so let him take the hits, give Briere the offseason or do whatever you want to do with Fletcher. So it's, people are like, oh, they're going to bump him up at the president like they did with Holgram and everything. Whatever. As long as he doesn't affect the team on the ice. Do whatever you want with the guy. And there's no reason to do it now because if you fire him, say things are bad, they fire him, and then the rest of the season things continue to be bad. Even though Briere, like guys like us, will be like, well, what is he really going to do? Well, most people will be like, fire everybody. Take out the whole front office. It just mm-hmm. – that that lightning rod's gone. Now the heat is being distributed to everybody. Comcast, maybe Dave Scott's name comes out a little bit more. I'm sure he doesn't want that. Valerie's name could be dropped. I'm sure she doesn't want that. Keep Fletcher there. Have him take all the heat. He's done enough BS where it all gets directed to him. So that's what I'm saying. I think if Comcast probably, I would think, we can use this guy as our scapegoat. And then when the time comes, we'll make the switch. I hope so. I hope so. Um, Yeah, I I don't want to say that, you know, things are starting to look up because they are still under 500. And, uh, you know, they're on their longest winning streak of the year, just four games. Um, They're still, you know, bottom of the league. They have a lot of work to do still. They've They've been fun to watch. They've they've looked like a hockey team of late, which uh, is a breath of fresh air. I mean, they've been good, not just offensively, not just defensively. They're getting good goaltending. They're they're playing well in all facets of the game. You know, they're getting out of their zone. I know the competition has been lesser. Part of me wonders, like, okay, you, not that they're beating up, but you beat it. You beat up on lesser competition. You start to get your confidence going a little bit. Maybe you take this into, you know, future games and you're in games against Toronto. You're in games against Carolina instead of, you know, losing eight nothing to New York, things like that uh, going forward. But uh, yeah, I mean, to me, me, that's what they've been doing for the most of the year. And that's a credit to the, to the coach. I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving Fletcher a pat on the back for that. Yeah, for sure. These are mostly the same players, a couple of younger guys, but like it's a new locker room, new voice. And he's not allowing that team to, like when they were losing bad to the Sharks, he benched the two best players, like right from the right from the start of the season. You know, like Fletcher didn't do that. Like yep. I'm, I'm not giving him that kind of credit. You know, we we've seen what he's done and the the long term effects it's going to have. So I, I just I feel like a lot of the good that we're discussing um, is more of players are playing and they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, and the coach is a good coach that he didn't hire, and we all know he didn't hire him. Yep. Uh, one more positive uh, before we, you know, before we get into more positive and negatives for for Chuck Fletcher, Cutter Gauthier, ten hmm. points, four goals, six assists in seven games in the World Junior Classic, a Chuck Fletcher draft pick, uh, fifth overall, eighteen points in fourteen games for Boston College this year, eleven goals. Um, 
Trav, how excited are you for Carter Gauthier? Um, he looks like a player. Um, I, I don't think I'm as excited as I see a lot of the people are on Twitter. And that's nothing against him. That's just more so I haven't really watched him play. Like, I see all the highlights people post, but, like, I've never actually watched him play a full 60-minute hockey game. Um, we've seen him in rookie camp or development camp, I think it was. One of the two. Um, his shot is really, really good. Um, I guess we'll see if he plays center or wing like that. That's the thing. Like I haven't seen him play a 60 minute hockey game. I just see the Twitter highlights. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know how he is away from the puck. Is he better winger? Is he better centerman? Like, does he support well? Like, and that's what a lot know. of people are seeing that. And that's, that's what we do here in Philadelphia. That's what we do. We share all the highlight videos and this and that and pump him up beyond belief. And then when he hits the NHL and he's not a first line center, right at, right out of the gate, everyone's <laughs> like, who the, what the hell? Blah, blah, blah. That's what we do. Like yeah. you look at the stat line, like it's very encouraging for a freshman in college. Like he's mm -hmm. from what it looks like, he's playing really well, but mm -hmm. yeah, all you see is the, the goal and then the baseball swing celebration at uh Fenway park and the out and the outdoor game, yada, yada. And like, oh, <laughs> this kid's the real deal. But yeah. Yep. Um, Jack, are you getting excited for Cutter Gauthier? Well, I always like Cutter. I don't put him on the call field leather, le uh, level, but going into that draft, Cutter was my guy. I didn't think he I was he was more of a trade down guy at the time when we talked about that. I thought if they did move down to like eight, nine, ten, maybe, but Cutter just kept rising. They they pull I don't know if I'd have picked him at five. I definitely wasn't against it. Uh there is a, a crowd out there that's showing how much they should have went with the defenseman Jurek. I I can't remember his for oh, yeah, you're a check. That's the guy Jurek. I wanted. It's been so long since that draft. I forgot how to pronounce everybody's name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for uh, Columbus ended up, I think he went like the next pick. And um, that's who I thought they were going to pick. Uh, so I would have been more than happy with, even though it might not have been as flashy. Um, but time will tell. Ultimately, if Cutter's just a good player here who can put the puck in the net and play center, that would be great. Um, then I don't care what somebody else does elsewhere. So um, the potential of having like Tippett pan out frost pan out this guy pan out and whatever we get in this drift coming up is exciting um but i'm not gonna go crazy i've seen enough prospects i've seen him freak out that i'm not gonna lose my mind until i see him doing it like yes i want to see them especially drafted that high put up the numbers put up the points put up the highlights um uh, but i'm not gonna lose my mind until i see him do it here fair enough yeah, just, uh, you know, one more. We're talking about positives on this show. Why not add one more? Even though he's uh, doing it in college and the World Juniors, uh, future flyer, maybe a, maybe a guy that, you know, we see on the roster next season or something there. So I heard he likes college, though, so we'll we'll see. We'll oh, see. Boy. Yeah. We'll pull JVR. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're, we're coming towards the end here. We do have one more topic. We did touch on Chuck Fletcher. Uh, Jack, you have some positive and negative Chuck Fletcher facts that you want to I got a lot of a lot of facts a lot of good and bad because uh, you know there are those uh, Fletcher defenders out there um they are it's a sinking ship but they are out there. <laughs> so I figured if we were going to go over his bad moves I should throw in some good moves and we'll just discuss uh real quickly I'll start with Minnesota do you want the good or the bad first hey high and wide listeners you've just completed part one of a two-part episode Make sure to listen to part two as we talk Chuck Fletcher pros and cons. Has Chuck done more good than bad? Listen in to find out what we think. 
Once again, thanks for listening and let's go Flyers.